I want to say that to young athletes as well is not don't be entitled, but just put the work in. You can't expect you don't get the starting position if you didn't show up every day like this other person showed up or you don't just get to do this because, you know, you feel obligated or you feel entitled to that position. And um, yeah, it's, it just comes down. There's there's no shortcut to success. It's hard work. That's what it is. Hello and welcome to season two of the Dear Young Athlete podcast, where we talk to athletes and coaches about their journeys and what advice they would have for a younger version of themselves. I'm your host, Jacob Thompson. You can call me JT. If you want to hear my story and why I do this podcast, that will be in season one, episode one. But enough about me. Let's meet our guest. Today, I have an extremely special guest. Today, we are speaking with a former collegiate basketball player, a team captain, and a member of the MIAC Conference All Sportsmanship Team, which we'll get into later why that's important. She is a head basketball coach at a high school and AAU coach, and she does a lot of great work in the community. Above all that, she is a woman of God, and she is my friend who I've known for a few years. She's an awesome person. Can't wait to hear her story. Kaylee Boyd. Kaylee, how are you? I'm doing well, JT. Thank you. Um, it's an honor and privilege to be here talking with you and to be part of your ministry. The honor is mine. So we will jump right in. Um, tell us, obviously, you, you were a college basketball player. You were a captain. But where did it all start for you? How did you fall in love with sports? Yeah. Um, Sports have always been part of my life and they've always been the most consistent thing I would say in my life, to be honest with you. And they've also given me more and taught me more than anything else that I can think of. Um, I can't remember, you know, the first time I picked up a ball or the first sport that I ever played, but I had an older brother. I think that was kind of a spark of um, just my love for sports was I looked up to him. I wanted to be like him. I still want to be like him in many ways. Um, But that was just kind of what he did, what his friends did. So I, you know, would tag along and I loved it. I started to play basketball, volleyball, baseball, football, everything. (laughs) And um, basketball obviously ended up being the sport that I enjoyed the most and had the opportunity to play in college. Um, But really any sport just it brings a type of joy and I guess maybe that's me being competitive but I think everybody's looking for success in some way and it was a opportunity for me from a young age where I felt successful yeah for sure so you grow up you have a brother who kind of gets you um playing sports and 
you get into high school. So what were your sports? And take us through kind of the high school journey, the glory days. Yeah, man, the glory days. By the time I got to high school, um, I was playing basketball and volleyball. And like any athlete, I think there was times I hated my sport and wanted to throw in the towel altogether. Um, but basketball stuck, just stuck with me, even though there was times, you know, I wanted to walk away from it. Um, this kind of ties in eventually into my faith journey that I think we're going to talk about shortly. But I ended up quitting volleyball my sophomore year sophomore year of high school and it was for a reason in a lesson that I've learned through that is um you know being able to put the work in as an athlete but I walked away being hard-headed and um kind of feeling like you know I knew what was best for my life or what was best for whatever reason and that's something that has taught me a million life lessons since Mm. Yes, we'll definitely get more into that. Um, before we go there, you're you're playing basketball. Um, what does the college search start to become for you? Are you thinking I want to play basketball no matter what? Are you wanting to go? You know, want to go D one, D two, D three? Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, to be honest with you, I never thought about college until I was a junior. And that was a moment where um, a coach and forever mentor now of mine, John Herbert Schmeier, the head coach at Bethel University, um, kind of wa- literally walked into my life, walked into my school as I was a junior Um experiencing my parents going through divorce, a lot of changes going on in my life. Um, None of my family members had gone to college, so it wasn't really even a thing that I was thinking about going to school. Um, But I did love basketball. And at that time, I think was a time that I started to dislike basketball because all the other changes going on in my life. But once I realized it was about to be over and, you know, following year, I was going to graduate and basketball would be gone. As I mentioned, that was the the consistent thing, the constant thing in my life. And all of a sudden, the most consistent thing was about to be taken away. And I started to think about how can I play basketball more? And I think the next day, to be honest with you, was um, March sometime and Coach Herbie had walked into my high school, called me down to the office, like what, what's going on here, right? And he sits me down and this is before I knew Bethel, before I knew it was a Christian school, before any of that, and asked me if I wanted to play college basketball and told me that he wanted me to play for him. So that's kind of how basketball got onto my radar. And uh, to answer your question, no, I wasn't looking to play division one or play division three. I, I was just a kid that loved the game. It's cool. I think a part of your story that so many people can relate to is a sport being sort of a sanctuary to life. Or for you, you called it 
the the one constant um and that's something that i want young people especially to hear is like don't take your your sport your practice your games your teammates your bus rides any of that for granted because it's such an opportunity that one day you're gonna miss it um and I think it's cool how in your story that rings true. I also think it's so cool how a coach, a, a theme I hear a lot is a coach calling something out of somebody that they may not even see in themselves. And so cool. We'll get into it more later. Now you're coaching and you have that same opportunity to speak into other people. So did coach come to see you or did he just happen to see you go off one game? Uh, You know what? I actually know the answer. I was going to say, I'm not quite sure, but I know I do remember. I had a all state, all conference, amazing teammate who I had played with from a very young age, maybe fourth grade all the way through our senior year. She was homeschooled. Um, she, you know, was probably that candidate to go to Bethel, um, young Christian girl looking to play basketball in college. Um, she actually went on to play at Azusa Pacific, but Herbie was there to scout her one of our games. And I think he had seen me play and saw us play together. So she, um, had talked to him after the game and he, she said, you know what, coach, I'm going to go to California or I have, cause a scholarship, some few other reasons, but she said, I still want you to take Kaylee <laughs> because he had said, I think you and your teammate should both come. And I found out, you know, years down the road, I'm not sure if she knows that I know this, but coach had told me in, in college that I wanted you and Emily to come. And she said, Kaylee still needs to go because this again will lead into my faith journey of Uh, that environment that brought me to know Jesus and ultimately to give my life to Christ. It's funny then, and that's why I asked that, because I've heard several stories of a coach, a recruiter shows up to a game to watch one player and they notice a different player. And that's a word really to you never know who's watching and, and to really give it your all. Um, I love, did you watch the last dance? I'm guessing you did. I had a little bit of time during the quarantine. Yes. <laughs> I love, and what, what sticks with me from that is Michael Jordan talks about um, there could be somebody in the stands on any given night that's never seen me play. So it doesn't matter what I've done every game up until now. But now in this moment is the opportunity to give it everything I have. Um, and I think to live life that way is is so cool. And just a cool tangent on your experience um, being recruited and you get to Bethel, um, 
at what point do you find out Bethel is a Christian school? I knew um, as soon as coach came to talk to my teammate <laughs> that there was some sort of hidden agenda, if you can say that. Um, so I knew going in and I was very, to be honest with you, reluctant and um, not resistant, but just like, I don't know how I'm going to fit in here, how I'm going to feel about it. They sent me something in the mail that I have to, you know, follow these guidelines or whatever. And I, it, it all was very foreign to me. <laughs> so you show up on campus. Tell us a little bit about the career. I mean, are you are you benched as a freshman? Do you get in? What's it like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I get to Bethel, I was in complete culture shock in every way, shape, or and form. Being in a college setting, um, being at a in a Christian setting, being around people that had, you know, for the most part, or what it appeared to be, um, very whole families and um, just a different setting for me. And so this personally and on the court kind of had affected me in many ways. I was used to as an athlete from a young age, just naturally having abilities. Um, you know, I went to practices, my parents made me go to camps and improve my skills, that type of stuff. But I never was, I was never the hardest worker when it came to sports. It was a, I like sports and I was just pretty good at them naturally. Um, when I got to Bethel, there, there was a team full of athletes who have put the work in, right. To be there. And, um, I played, but I, I was on JV my first year. And I, you know, didn't really feel like I was standing out at practice. And I kind of had the mindset in school and practice of just getting through it. Um, so that's, you know, how, how the career started out. Yeah. So we're, we're going to mix because your journey with sports is so tied to your faith journey. Um, Talk a little bit about as you're, you know, you mentioned you're skeptical of this Christian college. You have a different upbringing. Um, tell us a little bit about your upbringing and and what feelings you had towards God and, and Christianity um, at that kind of when you're coming into it. Yeah. Um, in my faith journey and my upbringing, if, if that's more directed, the question is I had been to church. I, you know, went to a youth group and participated in some things. So my family, um, believed in Jesus, I guess is the best way to put it. I believe in God. Um, but there was no, um, relationship or no pursuit of anything really. Um, with, stuff going on at home at the time and you know my parents were getting the divorce and my brother went um up when he moved away he's four years older than me so it was about kind of the same time that he had left and um parents you know my mom was moving out I was going to Bethel 
I'm surrounded by what I think are, you know, a lot of perfect people who, you know, follow whatever God's asking them to do. And yeah, there was a skepticism or this is strange. Um, and again, that it tied in with the basketball experience of kind of just being a little distant and a little caught off guard for lack of, of better words. But, um, you know, there was a night during maybe the end of my first semester. So well into the basketball season now, probably December. And I have been hanging out with these girls, the, the basketball team now for a couple months, all day, every day, practices, late nights, um, everything. And I had finally, you know, given people a chance to show me who they really were and not who I thought they were. And that opened up uh, my heart and my eyes to see like what it looked like to have a relationship with Jesus, you know, and I'm coming from being this kid that thought I, sports are cool, but you know, I have to be strong. I have to be tough. And um, I have life figured out, I think was my mentality, <laughs> which um, 14, I thought I had life figured out. And then at 18, I really thought I had life figured out. And it just seems, you know, even now, the older I get every year, I think, no, now I know. Now I, now I got it. Uh, so that's kind of part of being coachable in, in my um, life and things that I've learned from playing basketball and just um, being an adult as well. Um, but yeah, d definitely during that time, there was skepticism. And then there was this eye-opening moment of where where ultimately I met God. Wow. I I want to just touch on what you said about when when you're young, you play sports and then you also you want to be strong and you want to um yeah, you want to kind of seem like you have it together and you sometimes when you look at like church or God, that seems weak. Um, but I think what you find when you really look into it is Jesus is the ultimate example of strength. Um, he went through total suffering and pain to serve others. And God really is the founder of strength. So I think that's so cool, a conception that people can bring in is like, oh, that's weak. But really it's like, no, like Jesus is the ultimate example of strength. And you come to learn, actually, I am weak. <laughs> I don't. I don't have it all together. I don't have it all figured out. And I don't have to because um, Jesus does. And it's cool the way that kind of flips, kind of what you think initially can flip upside down when you see the, the real truth about it. So how did you transition from this freshman playing JV, not being a standout player per se, to um, eventually, you know, you became a captain. If you're finding this podcast valuable, 
take a second to leave a review to follow on whatever platform you're listening on. This will help the podcast reach more people. Check us out at 1020words.com slash D-Y-A T-E-N 20 words.com slash D-Y-A You can check out our merchandise. We have sweatpants, hoodies, t-shirts, shorts. Use code all caps D-Y-A 20 and take 20% off. There's also a button where you can support on Patreon. Follow on Instagram at Dear Young Athlete or inquire about being on the podcast or bringing Dear Young Athlete to your team or group. We hope to see you there. Now, let's get back to the episode. Yeah, there were, I mean, days, weeks, years of, of work uh, that ultimately led to that transition. But a moment that I can call back on and remember that really had changed apart from that first moment of surrender to, to God was coming back. Um, I had studied abroad my junior year. So I played basketball, but I took the half of the season or second part of it um, and didn't play, which was, you know, really difficult, especially as someone that's had basketball since I was in second grade every season for a full season. I never had a serious injury, never took a break. Um, It was always part of my life. And I made that decision to uh, go overseas and learn more about the world and experience more of the world. And during that time, um, continued to just um, seek God and um, pour into relationships that I really cared about and listened a lot more to people that I knew had relationships with Jesus. And I knew, again, there weren't perfect examples and no one is that perfect example apart from God, but um, I just started to be coachable is the, you know, mindset that I would use for it. Instead of thinking I had it figured out, I started to, um, see what I could learn from other people. And unfortunately that didn't happen until I'm 19 years old, but finally in my life, I decided other people have some things that I can learn from and, um, can grow in. So, uh, spent that time overseas and then that summer really just digging into who I was and who I wanted to be. And I remember coming back in the fall, back to Bethel. I had gone home for the summer after studying abroad and um, the assistant coach at Bethel, Dwight Nelson, had come up to me and he's like, what happened to you? Like, what do you mean what happened to me? Like, I know I was gone for a while. I studied abroad. I went home for the summer. And he's like, no, something is different. Like, I can just see it in your eyes. I can see this light. And, you know, more conversations in life later, we realized, like, that was just a change of heart and change of being that um, God had really done in me. But that was ultimately the transition. Because after that, basketball started and I gave everything that I had. Um, that it matter if it was sprints, I was going to be the first one to finish the sprint. If I was going to be the last one in the gym, I was going to be the one that 
pick the team up instead of just like waiting to, you know, freshman Kaylee might have wanted to leave early so I could go out or so I could go to sleep and all these things that I just wanted to do. Um, life just became more about like putting that work in and um, yeah. I think what's really cool, two things of what you said is like, you had a time where you didn't play. And in that time, you were able to discover yourself in such a more holistic way. That's something I've seen in my own life, but also talk to a lot of other people with a similar story is like whether it's an injury or or you taking a break having some time away it's it's counterintuitive because it's like you would think you would have got worse but instead you discovered who you were as a whole person And then what's cool about that is when you came back, you're able to give it your all without defining your value and your worth by your performance. So I'd just like to kind of talk about that theme of like the counterintuitive. You think you need to give everything to your sport to be better. And if you, if you find your identity in who God made you to be, you won't be as good because you don't care as much. But really, I see the opposite with a lot of people is like, when you find your worth, your value, your identity and purpose, and being a whole person that God created, you can healthily give it your all at your sport. But you don't live or die by uh, how many points you score then. And it's it's more freeing. You made the all-conference sportsmanship team. And talk to us about why that is significant. Yeah, um... I, I don't mean to laugh or chuckle. Uh, I think just before I had gone to Bethel, I kind of saw it as like a, a, a extra award that, you know, people got for being good people or for being nice. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily the highest score or the MVP or all of that, which is wrong, but that was my perception. And uh, um, when I got that award, you know, it did for a minute feel like, oh, well, I put in all this work and, um, we had a really great season and guess what? Like I still didn't get like an all conference award or all defensive award or all these things, you know, at, at the end of the day would be awesome to be recognized for. Um, but even better at the time for me, I, you know, was given the all sportsmanship team. And I thought that that had perfectly represented, you know, some changes that had happened in my life where, Um, in high school and maybe my first couple years of college, I would have been that player to to have the chip on the shoulder. And again, not saying that's wrong either, but to be more just, it's about the win and um, at all costs, that's the goal. And I'm a competitor um, to turn into someone that wanted to win 
but above all else, wanted to see others win and not necessarily the other team, but <laughs> but to encourage people and to help people and just be kind and um, show grace and dignity to everybody, um, whether they were on the opposing team or my team. And that part of my character had changed so much that that award was a symbol to me of the work that God had done in my life. What's so cool is for people that may not believe in in God or in Jesus or are skeptical or have questions, we can talk about all these theological arguments, right? But what's more powerful often is like when you look at someone's life and see a change they can't otherwise be explained. And so cool for you to to say, yeah, I maybe naturally wasn't a good sport, um, which I totally, (laughs) unfortunately, I can relate to that. And then to see, then you end up winning this award and there's no other really explanation except that God was working in your life and and changing you internally Mm -hmm. um you graduate and then how do you end up getting into coaching man I ended up getting into coaching before I graduated actually and I I can jump back to you know being that high school volleyball player who thought she should have been on varsity at 13 or 14. Um, I had loved loved the game of volleyball a lot and had made that decision to step away from it. Um, while I was at Bethel, I um, had to work, and so I you know looked for things that I could do to make money to be honest. And the first thing, first opportunity that I had as a freshman in college was to coach middle school volleyball, which is awesome because now I'm coaching middle school volleyball again, I think 10 years later. (laughs) But um, I had that opportunity, you know, to help pay for rent or my phone or various things while I was in school and uh, to coach. But in doing that, you know, I had the amazing opportunity to realize this was a, a skill and a, a career that I was just so passionate about, just sharing, you know, the, not only the skills in game that I had learned and played growing up, but now I was able to start to share with my athletes those same, you know, life lessons and even just being able to be there for when they're going through things that I knew that I had went through at their age and hopefully be that voice that I didn't have. And that's pretty much the reason I got into education as far as a career as well was that I hated school and I had some awesome coaches and adults that worked in schools that made a big difference for me. And so I wanted, I want to be that for other kids and for, um other athletes very cool very cool it's I love seeing when things kind of come full circle and um 
what you're doing just is an example of that. So I know that you're coaching now at you're the high school head girls basketball coach at high school of commerce. Is that right? And in two years, you went from there being no program. Then you had one win. And then you had a state tournament appearance in the next season. That is almost like hard to comprehend. (laughs) It's kind of like every athletic director's dream um, (laughs) when you hire a new coach. So, I mean, I'm sure you could say a lot about that, but what have you what have you seen? Why why is that happening in your program? Well, I, I would like to um, stay humble and say that um, we got lucky, which is is partly true. Um, but the truth is, the talent was in that school, and the the you know the athletes are in this city. Um, there just there wasn't a, an avenue for that, you know, success to come to life. And I wouldn't say we've reached anything that we can, you know, hang our hat on, but we can definitely celebrate the successes uh, along the journey. And this year was, you know, perfect for that. As last season and COVID obviously had a big influence on the season, but was just a struggle to get some girls signed up. And we, had one team just for the whole school, you know, just a varsity team, not a JV, not a freshman, not a B squad, just the one team. And two of the girls had ever touched a basketball, like played a basketball game before. And this is varsity. So this was our last year and we had fun. You know, we took, took a lot of L's, but um, we showed up and enjoyed each other and learned and played a game that we're learning to love. But this year, um, big difference and what was so great was I've had four years to develop relationships in this high school where I've been working. And um, again, like last year, not many of our girls had played basketball before. But this year, what was different was we you know, had numbers. We had 19 athletic girls. But above all, we had people that, you know, were looking for community and looking to um, have mentors in their life and just really cared about each other. So in that process of building relationships, you know, with between my players and myself, but also within the team, uh, we were just able to come together and again, have fun, but build skills and also see success in that journey. And so cool so fun um transitioning a little bit back to your faith journey i just in case we breeze through it too fast mm-hmm. um or missed any parts is there more that you want to share about significant moments in your spiritual journey yeah there significant moments happen all the time in 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 a walk 
in the faith, um, if you're a believer, I think that you can see small things every day. You can see big moments, good or bad, that um, change maybe that relationship. Um, but something uh, that I would like to say just about faith journey, and I think I had mentioned, you know, short story is that, you know, I used to be this selfish and disobedient person that just had stuff figured out, right? Um, and I had gone to that community where I saw that relationship with God, and then he had given me purpose and um just showed me that my life had value, all these different things, but something in that, because I think we often talk about this before Christ, after Christ, and that's your testimony, which is great. But um, the cool thing about a testimony is that it continues on. So uh, moving forward from that December day or mid winter day of my basketball season, when I had made that decision, um, there's been, significant moments and storms or I've questioned my faith or I've felt like I wasn't worthy of, you know, the love that God has to offer or the life change that he has, you know, done in my life. But even in all those moments, and this is, you know, for me, my ongoing testimony with God is that sense of peace and that sense of hope that God really is who he says he is, even when we're not who we, who we commit to be, I think is how I would put it. So when we say as Christians, you know, maybe a Christian phase to say, I give my life to Christ. And, you know, to me, that's a commitment. And we say, this is who I'm going to be moving forward. And we die to our old selves and we're new in Christ. I don't think you can take that away no matter what, but it's not just boom. And now everything is good the rest of my life. I'm not going to go through any trials. So to me, a big testimony and um, part of my faith journey that I think is important to share is that even now when I go through storms and when I go through trials in life, that God is always that faithful one. Um, and he's, he, he is who he says he is. Mm. I think you see that in Christian circles sometimes it's like you the testimony is like I was this way and now I'm that way and it it seems so black and white um and then it's almost like misleading people into thinking like hey once you start following Christ you'll be perfect and all your problems go away but you know, a verse I'm reminded of is when Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble, you will have tribulation, but take heart for I've overcome the world. And the Christian faith is not God taking away all our problems, but it's as we go through storms and tribulations, we have, like you said, a peace and and a hope um even in the storm that's so good so something i say on the the intro to this podcast is i used to think life was all about sports but i know now that sports is all about life 
And there are so many lessons that we learn in sports that apply to our lives. But if you can pick one kind of main thing that you've learned as an athlete and as a coach that you've seen that impact your life beyond that, um, what would it be? I'm sure you've heard it in this conversation so far, but that theme um, or the one lesson that I've learned from sports and taught me about life and beyond is just to put in the work and to stay coachable. So I'm not sure. I hope people are familiar with um, the motivational speaker, Eric Thomas, ET hip hop preacher. So I heard him say, and he's someone that I listen to often and I've heard him say um, about planting seeds, right? So whatever we spend our time doing, the harvest is going to reflect that. So plant your seeds accordingly. You know, that's, obviously parallel to scripture it is in scripture um but it's it's just so true so going back remember I had said I thought I was pretty good you know I didn't really have to like practice really hard or work really hard I just kind of was there and um you know all of those things in sports I had learned down the road like oh I didn't put the work in now I'm expecting now I'm expecting that all-conference award, and now I'm expecting this national championship, but I didn't put the work in. You know, everybody, again, I think some ET set might say this as well, about everybody wants to dance in the end zone, but people don't want to celebrate the first downs. The first downs are what's effective. First downs are what's efficient. Um, so at the end of the day, we have to put the work in. And the second part of that, of being coachable, again, person hard-headed, think they have life figured out I'm not learning remember that difference when I went abroad and when I had spent some time really working on myself I I looked to other people to learn instead of thinking I have to figure this out on my own I have to be tough I have to learn this lesson the hard way and you know that's something I learned but ultimately was reminded of every day at Bethel uh, thanks to coach Herbie he uh Often at practice, you know, you, if you're not the starter and then you get thrown in and you make a mistake, you get taken right out, right? And people are thinking, look, what? come on, it's just one mistake. But coach told me, he's like, I'll never take you out for one mistake, but you came in and made the mistake that the person you went in for made. If you're not learning from other people, then life is going to be really hard. You know, he told me, if you can't learn, from JT's mistake. If you can't learn from my mistake, then you know you're not you're not learning from people. You're not being coachable. So you might think, yeah, yeah, I want to get better. I want to get better, but you're still, you know, having to learn everything for yourself. And that, to me, doing the work and staying coachable is the biggest lesson that um, I've taken away from sports and have continued to learn along the journey. I think I think I saw Eric Thomas going viral on like uh, Instagram reels when he said, <laughs> don't be disappointed by the results you didn't get for the work that you didn't do. And it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> like, yeah, straight up, mm-hmm. like, 
that's that's a fact um mm -hmm. it, it, it's that um entitlement sense as well and i i know for sure that i had it and still have it in the, um something i will always be working on but i want to say that to young athletes as well is not don't be entitled but just put the work in you can't expect you don't get the starting position if you didn't show up every day like this other person showed up or you don't just get to do this because you know you feel obligated or you feel entitled to that position and um yeah it's it just comes down there's there's no shortcut to success it's hard work that's what it is that's so good I've been a, a football, basketball, baseball coach. I've coached for nine, ten years in total. Um, I've had so many players that feel entitled to something for no no reason. Like, mm -hmm. and it's frustrating as a coach because you want the ball in a football game well what you're not entitled to get the ball by signing up for the team and what have you done that makes me confident to get you the ball and then when i do give you the ball if you mess it up you feel entitled to another chance and it's like yeah it's like how do we and it's just true in life like we don't we don't deserve things that we have not how would you feel if you got something great that you didn't work for mm -hmm. and you see it with people winning the lottery and then going broke it's like that's because like you didn't really put in the work to be able to handle that money. Mm. Yeah. Um, you're on the Dear Young Athlete podcast. So give us this statement, Dear Young Athlete, what would you say to a younger Kaylee? What do you want to say to your players? Go for it. <laughs> Dear Young Athlete, do the work and stay coachable. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been an honor and a privilege to hear more of your story. Um, so cool to hear what you're doing. And I'm sure you're having an amazing impact where you're at. And um, I think of how cool it is for these young uh, students to be coached by you and and for you to be working with them in the school so awesome hopefully I can come out to uh your team next year but we'll see be awesome. we'll see yeah. any any final words thoughts for us yes in case they get to hear this I would love to give a shout out to the commerce girls basketball team and my middle school volleyball team at Lyceum and also all of the Springfield ballers, girls in the whole AAU program that are putting in all the work during the off season so that they 
do feel that sense of entitlement going into next year's basketball season. Amen. Well, thank you. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Dear Young Athlete Podcast. Remember to follow on your platform and leave us a review. Check out our website linked in the description, 1020words.com slash D-Y-A. Use code all caps D-Y-A 20 and take 20% off the merchandise. We'll see you in the next episode.